Conversations with my mother, she's 96 years of, old, of age, served the Lord all her life from her childhood, and I find her to be quite prophetic. So this morning I'm going to give you another instance of my conversation with her. She said to me the other day, she said, the Lord has given me time now to attend to him fully. All the responsibilities of my life have ended, they're over, and now I can minister to the Lord night and day. I live in his presence night and day. Said so the years of growing up and preparing for life and occupation and raising a family, domestic duties, all the things that are so much a part of life, she said those have ended. My father passed away 10 months ago, so my mother isn't taking care and spending time with him. She says, I, I attend to the Lord day and night. I live in his presence. He's given me this wonderful season at the end of my life to walk with him in this dimension. And we always talk about spiritual things, and we were speaking a week or so ago about revivals and moves of God and talked about the Reformation, what a great and mighty move of God that was, and because Germany is the country of my mother's origin, we spoke about Martin Luther and what took place and some of the revivals down through history, and then in our own nation in the last hundred years, the Pentecostal movement that swept the world, and also the latter rain and the healing revivals of the 50s, and the Jesus People movement, and the charismatic movement of the 1970s and the third wave that took place and and then my mom said to me concerning revival she says but that's not what God's doing right now and I said well what is the Lord doing and she said don't you know and I said well tell me <laughs> she said the Lord is going through the land right now searching for worshipers who will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Lord is going through the land. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect, unrivaled, clean, holy, devoted to the Lord. She said, the Lord is going through the land right now, and he's searching for worshipers. He's searching for those who will serve him in spirit and in truth. And I thought, how beautiful is that? Because we can sit and wait for revival, and revival may not come. But if we know how to get involved with God and we worship him in spirit and in truth and we get involved in his presence, then we can live in revival all the days of our life. Hallelujah. John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour is coming and now is, Jesus said. 2,000 years ago he said the hour is coming and now is. He put something into effect. He says this principle that I'm setting into the earth is effective from this point on till I return. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. That is he's a spiritual being. He's in the spiritual realm and concerned about spiritual things. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The hour now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, by the Holy Spirit and according to the word of God, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. The Lord is searching the land. He's searching this house this morning.
He's going throughout the nations searching for those whose hearts will respond to him and those who will walk with him with a fervent and holy spirit. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your walk. Work out your life with God. This is a time when we have to take personal responsibility for our spiritual development and growth. The Lord is searching. The Lord is searching. It's time for us to take personal accountability for our development, for our growth, for our usefulness in the Lord. Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He says God is working in you. God is working in every person, both to will, to give the desire, but I prefer something else these days. God is working in each of us to prompt and to empower us unto his good pleasure. God is working in every person. He is seeking to prompt. His voice is there, his still small voice, his stirrings. The Lord is there to prompt us, and he's faithful to prompt if we will hear his voice. And he is faithful to empower us unto his good pleasure. My, how the Lord is prompting. My, how the Lord is prompting. The Bible says that he draws all men unto himself. Jesus said, when, I, when I'm lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men. The Lord is drawing, but it doesn't mean all people come. Many are fighting against the Lord. They're fighting against his will. They don't want to talk to the Lord because the Bible says that God can be known by any person. Anybody that will open up their heart and begin to speak to the Lord. The Lord will minister. The Lord will communicate to their life. The Lord is speaking. The Lord is prompting. My, how he prompts. He has not left himself without witness, the Bible says, to any person. He has the spotlight of creation that shines for every person. The wonder of the universe, the wonder of the created world. That's a spotlight of God upon every person's heart. Every person has the nightlight of conscience, moral consciousness of right and wrong in every person. And every person can come under the searchlight of gospel preaching, the power of the Word of God. God is speaking. God is prompting. God is speaking to every person. Psalm 19 says the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork, his wonders. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard, the Bible says. There's not a place in this world where God's voice is not heard through the glorious creation of this world and universe. God is speaking to people to open up their hearts to him, that he created all things. 
God is speaking through the moral consciousness of every person. There's a voice inside of every person directing them, and God is speaking in the moral consciousness of people of right and wrong. The searchlight of God's word that goes out, the gospel preaching week by week and across the nations of the world, the Bibles across the nations of the world, there is witness of God throughout all the earth. And God's witness is clear. The Bible says at the judgment day, no one will be able to say, I didn't know about you. I couldn't get to know you. I, I didn't hear your voice. No one will be able to say that. In fact, the Bible says that every person will be without excuse in the presence of the Lord. Romans chapter 1 and 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest, is revealed in them. Because that which may be known of God is revealed inside of every person. The inner conscience, the word of the Lord, the voice of God. It says, for God has showed it unto them. God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things of God, the spiritual realities, the wonder of God and who he is to the earth, these things, it says, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This is the word of God. The Bible says the things of God are clearly seen. God has made them manifest in the heart of every person. The invisible things of God, the spiritual call of God, the spiritual accountability of man, the moral consciousness, the need of a Savior, the presence of sin in a person's life. God has clearly, clearly identified himself and speaks to every person. The Apostle Paul said, he said, God made of all people from one blood, he made all people from one blood. And he said the supreme purpose that he created man was that man might seek after the Lord. That man might seek after the Lord. He said that man might feel after God and, and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 19, he is not far from any one of us. The difficulty with man is that Man fights against God. Man closes the Bible. Man doesn't want accountability. Man doesn't want to deal with his sin and his waywardness. Man wants to live where he does, but God has not left himself without witness. And today, the Bible says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Today, if you will hear his voice, the Lord is speaking. He's calling. Again, he's searching throughout the land. He's moving throughout the land, seeking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, seeking for those whose hearts are loyal to him. This morning, I want to turn to 2 Kings chapter 3. Great story of a ditch digger's revival. 2 Kings 3, 5 to 10. But it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So the king of Israel, the northern part of Israel, Judah to the south, after the kingdom was divided. So the king of Moab rebelled against the king of the northern part, Israel. So King Jehoram, 
king of Israel, went out of Samaria, which was the capital of the northern kingdom, at that time and mustered all Israel. Then he, then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, the southern part, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go up. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Then he said, which way shall we go up? And he answered, by way of the wilderness of Edom. That means that the king of Israel from the north, the king of Judah from the south, continued south in the land of Israel and came around the Dead Sea and came up into the territory of Edom and to the north of Edom was Moab. So as they came through Edom, the king of Edom decided to join them because he wanted some victory against Moab as, as well. Which way shall we go up? By way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days. A roundabout route. A circle, the Bible says. And there was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. Those animals were the, were the food supply for the warriors, for the army. There was no water for the soldiers, the army, nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And the kings looked at one another and said, We three kings disoriented are. Verse 11, but Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? We're in a desperate situation. We need a word from God. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, the apostate northern kingdom served idols. He said, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. Verse 15. But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Also you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered, the morning sacrifice in Israel, that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. Verse 21, And when all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against him, 
All who were able to bear arms and older were gathered and they stood at the border. Then they rose up early in the morning and the sun was shining on the water and the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now therefore, Moab to the spoil. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up and attacked the Moabites so that they fled before them and they entered their land killing the Moabites. The Lord gave a great victory. A time where there was no water for the host, for the animals. It was like an impasse. They could go no further. You can't go through the wilderness too long without water. And they had come to the end. And the Lord said, I've got, I have an answer today by the word of the Lord. The Lord said, I want you to make ditches. I want you to dig ditches in this valley. Fill this valley of death. Fill this valley of dryness. Fill this valley where you're stopped and you cannot go on. Fill this valley. Make this valley full of ditches. You say, well, I, I don't want to dig ditches. Digging ditches is hard work. God says, I want you to dig ditches. Well, how many, how many ditches do I have to dig? God says, I want this valley full of ditches. You dig ditches until there's no ground left where a ditch can be dug. And those soldiers had to dig ditches with their shovels and spades. And they dug ditches from the morning, from the time that word of the Lord came through the day. And they maybe dug ditches into the sunset before they were done. And they went to bed that night and in the morning when the sacrifice was offered in the morning, the dedication of the people of God to him in surrender, in lifted hands, in worship, the morning sacrifice was offered, the Bible says, water flowed into those ditches and they overcame the enemy because they had water for themselves and their animals and they took their swords and they broke down the Moabite army, the enemies of the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches. Thus says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And it's here for us today. God says, make this valley full of ditches. He says, you, you will not see wind. Neither will you see rain. Yet this valley shall be filled with living water. Yet this valley shall be filled. Some say, well, you can't have living water without wind and rain. We need the wind to bring the rain. We need some demonstration from heaven. We, we need some activity from on high. But God says, no. God says, I want you to dig ditches. I want you to open up the earth. I want you to open up the ground of your heart. If you're waiting for miracle water, if you're waiting for wind, and rain from heaven, you may wait a long time. But if you know how to cut open the soil of your own life, and you know how to cut open the soil of your circumstances, and your dryness, and your valley experiences, you can have living water in your life, because it'll flow by the Spirit of God. The Lord says to dig ditches. If you dig ditches, if you dig ditches, in your dry valley, in your circumstance, in your life, you will have living water and you will drink the supply of God. You will have living water for yourself and for your hosts and for your provision and for your substance. And you will take the sword and break down the enemies of your soul. Some are waiting today, waiting for a revival. 
longing for revival, pining for revival. Oh, God, if you would just send a revival. But there's no guarantee that God will send a revival. He has at times, and at other times he hasn't. Years, decades, a generation may go by. Who knows if God will send a revival? Maybe things will stay the same. We need a revival. But God says there may be no revival coming. But if you can get involved with God in a holy way, you can cause the living waters to run. You can cause life to break forth in your spirit. What if revival does come? But it comes in another part of the country. Maybe an airport down east or a few hot spots in the United States of America or what if revival comes but it's in Bolivia or China? I can surely appreciate it. But at best, all I could do is go there for two or three days and visit and get some refreshing and get some life of God, but I can't live there. I've got to come home. And that's why I like a ditch digger's revival because anybody willing to dig ditches can get revival in their life and they can live in the revival from God all the days of their life. Hallelujah. I like a ditch digger's revival. Maybe I'm going to heal some revival fever that people have today. God says he's searching through the land. He's looking for people whose hearts are perfect toward him. He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The Lord says, I want you to dig ditches. I want you to get involved in opening up the soil of your life. I want you to cut open the ground. I want you to plow. I want you to dig. I want you to open up for my spirit and miracle water will flow into your life. Jeremiah 29 and verse 13 Let's look at some promises of the Lord. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's God's word. That's God speaking to us. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. John 7, 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty... If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart, out of the earthen vessel, out of the soil of the life, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified, Acts chapter 2. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Out of his heart, out of his innermost being, the word is deeper than heart in the Greek. It's, it's the belly. It's the, the deepest part of us. Out of the deepest part of us will flow rivers of living water. Jesus said, get involved with the Holy Spirit. Get involved with the presence of Jesus. 
Get involved with memorizing scripture, with praying fervently, with worshiping powerfully. Get involved with the presence of God and out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Dig deep into the soil of your own heart in God. Open up the soil of your life. Open up your emotions. Open up your spirit. Open up your mind. Open up your being to the Lord. And Jesus said, the rivers of the Holy Spirit will flow. Speak in tongues with groanings and gushings of the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit take hold of you. Let the Holy Spirit flow through you. And as you open up your life, you will partake of miracle water, a revival that starts in you and stays in you all the days of your life. The flow in a believer's life in this verse is likened to a river or rivers of living water. Rivers are strong, they're, they're powerful, they're mighty, they're sweeping, they're untamable. And that is what the Lord likened the power of the Holy Spirit to in our lives. That it would be like rivers of living water flowing in our heart, strong and mighty and majestic and powerful. That should be the experience of men and women of God, of sons and daughters of the Lord. Isaiah 58, 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. The Lord will guide you continually. He'll satisfy your soul in times of drought. He'll strengthen your bones you will be like a watered garden, and he says here, like a spring of water whose waters will never fail. Like a spring of water, water springing up from the ground. Water springing up from the ground. The imagery here comes from the land of Israel, which was copious with underground springs of water. Yes, at times and seasons of the year, the former and the latter rain, rain fell from heaven. But equally, and more abundant were the underground streams and fountains in the soil of the land that would bring life all through the year. And God says, that's, that's what my people are going to be like from the underground streams, from the rivers of God, from the springs within their own life. I'm going to water them and make them fruitful. And they will thrive because of my goodness. Isaiah 28, 11 to 12. For with stammering lips... And another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. But I pray that is not the word on our lives, but that we would, be, that we would hear, that we'd be willing. God says with stammering lips and another tongue, I spoke to a people, but they would not hear. I wanted to give them rest. I wanted to give them refreshing. I wanted their hearts to overflow with joy, but they would not hear. But God says with stammering lips and another tongue, I will speak to the people. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 took this verse and aligned it with speaking in other tongues. The flow of the Holy Spirit, groanings, gushings, deep longings, crying after the Holy Spirit and after the will of God in the lives of the people. With stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. We need rest in this life. 
There's much discouragement. There's much anxiety. There is fear that is perpetrated out across the nations day and night through media and social media and just the spirit of the age. But the Lord says, I've got to rest for my people. And the Lord says, if we will speak in tongues, if we will yearn in the spirit, if we will groan, if we will cry out in our spirit after God, we will find the rest of God. And when we're weary, he'll cause us to rest. And when we need refreshing, the living waters of God will flow in our life. It's a ditch digger's revival. It's a ditch digger's revival. And those who will dig, dig ditches will have revival. The rivers of living water will flow. The streams of abundance will flow. There's not a person here where that is left out of this promise of God. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Let him begin to open up to me. Let him begin to open up to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the life of God. Miracle, life will flow. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Repent, turn your life around, and be converted. Move on with the knowledge of the Lord and the obedience to God, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ unto you. Repent and be converted. Your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord and that he can send Jesus Christ unto you. Hallelujah. I love when times of refreshing come. I love when the Father sends Jesus upon my life in a special way. I feel his presence. I feel his word. I feel his power. What a glorious, what a glorious ministry of the Lord to our lives. Times of refreshing. And I want to close out with Proverbs 15 and verse 15. One of my favorite verses in the Bible for many, many years. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. A merry heart is the joy of the Lord. A merry heart is a life filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Scriptures, the wonder of God's gospel alive in a, inside a person. He that is of a merry heart, the Bible says, has a continual feast. A continual feast. Now in Israel, there were three, three feasts in the year. There was Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Three times in a year, where you could come to the feast of the Lord and how glorious those feasts were as the people gathered to Jerusalem, to the presence of the Lord, the glory of God. Jerusalem was filled with singing and joy and gladness and the power of God would rest upon his people. But those feasts only lasted seven days. Three times a year, coming up to the presence of the Lord. How wonderful, but... but you know, camp, camp only lasts seven days. Conference lasts a weekend. Special meetings from time to time, but then we have to go home. What now? Well, I guess I'll look forward to camp next summer again so God can really visit my life and pour out His Spirit. 
Have to wait till the calendar comes around and conference comes again, some great event in the church. God has wonderful times for us. God has those corporate times. God has those, what we could say, feasts of the Lord, where we gather to his presence. But God says, while you're waiting for that, don't miss this. He that is of a continual, of a merry heart, has a continual feast. You can live in the feast of the Lord 365 days of the year because you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you've opened up your life to the presence of God. Hallelujah. It's a ditch digger's revival. And because it is, every one of us can have a part. Let's stand in the presence of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Make this valley full of ditches. Make this valley full of ditches. spiritual diligence in our lives, opening up our life. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in a dry valley. It's like you've run out of water and you wonder how you can go on and you see the enemies about you. Discouragement and destruction. Seems like they're going to take your life. This morning, thus says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. If you will begin to open up your heart, if you will open the soil of your life, and you will open the soil of your circumstances to the Lord, open the earth, the living waters will flow. The miracle supply of God will come to you. You will drink the living waters, and your enemies will fall by the sword. Hallelujah. Let's receive the word of God today. The altars are open. Any that want to come and seek the Lord and dedicate, consecrate your lives to the Lord this morning. Or if there are any needs that are on your heart in life, you'd like prayer, please slip out from where you are. Come and dig ditches this morning. Dig ditches until there's no ground left in your life that hasn't been exposed and laid open before the Lord. Allow his living water to flow in your life today. Amen. Amen.